If you have your Bibles with you, or if you have access to the Word of God with an electronic device, I invite you to pull that out and go with me to the Old Testament text of 1 Kings, chapter 17. grateful that you stand at the reading of the Word of God. You know, there are some who remain seated, and if you can't stand, I totally understand that. But some just remain seated at the Word of God. But I was talking to a colleague the other day, and he said, no, no, no. It is expected that you stand at the Word of God. He said, if we go to Subway, we stand in line for a sandwich. Oh, <laughs> First Kings chapter 17, we'll start at verse 1. If you have it, may I hear you respond by saying amen? amen. If you need a moment, certainly I'll give you a moment to find that great text. Just say, wait for me. First Kings chapter 17, starting at that first verse, it says, Now Elijah the Tishbite, who was one of the settlers of Gilead, said to Ahab, As the Lord the God of Israel lives, before whom I stand, surely there shall be neither dew nor rain, these years, except by my word. And the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Go away from here and turn eastward, and hide yourself by the brook Cherith, which is east of the Jordan. And it shall be that you shall drink of the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to provide for you there. So he went and he did according to the word of the Lord, for he went and lived by the brook Cherith, which is east of the Jordan. And the ravens brought him meat and bread in the morning, and bread and meat in the evening, and he would drink from the brook. And it happened after a while that the brook dried up because there was no rain in the land. That's enough. We're going to stop right there. That is the word of God for the people of God. May I respond by saying, Thanks be to God. May be seated in his presence. believe that when there's a call on your life that God will have a tendency to send us to barely enough. All right. Not to hurt us, but to help us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, don't leave. Please stay with me because somebody in here just said, I don't want barely enough. But understand that no matter if you're in the valley of barely enough, even if that's where God sends us, in the, in the valley of barely enough, he's still there. And God is still God. And even if barely enough, we can still praise him because we know that he's God of more than enough. Amen? Now, now, your river might not be running over. <laughs> but we are thinking that at least your river hasn't run out yet. You see, you may not have the biggest house on the block, but at least you have a house. Amen? At least you have a house. We may not have an ocean. And speaking of ocean, um, I just returned from a fabulous beach vacation, celebrating my 50th birthday. Praise God. forgive me, is still sitting on a beach under that umbrella, basking in the sun, absorbing that ocean wind, <laughs> blowing in. So, you know, just forgive me because when I hear the word ocean, I digress a little bit. But, but, but even if we don't have an entire 
ocean, church, and you've never been to the river, and I won't put words in your mouth this morning, but I'm going to praise him even if he sends me just to a brook. <laughs> even if it's a dry brook. Simply because he told me to go. I'm going to give God praise. <laughs> because the grace of God will never lead us where God can't keep us. We can praise him for his amazing grace. So the Bible tells us that Elijah ended up at the brook because he obeyed God. Amen. Elijah did exactly what God told him to do. So this text is tailored to teach us that even when God tells us to go and hide, even if it's a smaller place, if it doesn't look like what we're used to, if it's an uncomfortable situation, if God told us to go, <laughs> we don't need to worry because the blessing is already there. So I stopped out here this morning to drop a little bit of encouragement in your spirit and tell you that it's okay to be hiding, to go and hiding if God tells you to go hide. And wait there even until he tells you to go and show yourself. Let me tag this text with using these words as a subject that's so nicely on the screen, and it is, just go. Can somebody say go? You see, back then the people depended on the rains to, to make their crops grow and to be fruitful so that they would have food for the next season and to continue to live. So they expected the rains to come and it was time for it to rain. You see, but if the Lord didn't send any rain, then it was famine, which means that crops couldn't grow. They didn't have any food. They didn't know what they were going to do. In the book of Deuteronomy, God warned the people that their disobedience would turn the heavens into bronze and the ground into iron. Ahab was king at that time, and he reigned in Samaria for 22 years. It was unfortunate that Ahab served Baal instead of God. Ahab made Asherah poles and worshipped those to provoke the Lord in any way that he could. Ahab was just plain wicked. He was more wicked than anybody that had gone before him as king. His wife Jezebel, some of you may have heard of Jezebel before. Don't say you know a Jezebel. <laughs> but Jezebel urged him on and urged him to be even more wicked. You see, Ahab's problem was that he trusted the wrong religion and right. he trusted evil and wrong gods. And yeah. he, he listened to the wrong person. Ahab even married the wrong woman, church. Right. But most of all, Ahab didn't trust God. Right. So he decided he was going to teach him a lesson. And the text tells us in verse 1, it says, Now Elijah the Tishbite was one of the settlers of Gilead, said to Ahab, As the Lord, the God of Israel, lives, before whom I stand, surely there will be no dew nor rain in these years, except by my word. And that leads me to my first point that I'm going to deposit into your spirit this morning, and it is simply trust God. He said, trust me on this. <laughs> I'm going to make life uncomfortable for these people, Elijah. He said, until I, you go back and pray that there, the rain will come back, it's going to be uncomfortable. He said, there won't be any rain in this land for three years. James chapter 5 tells us that Elijah prayed earnestly that it wouldn't rain. And guess what? It didn't rain. You see, no rain for three and a half years is a long time. Back then and even now, amen, if we go a few months without rain, we're complaining, aren't we? We want it to rain, amen. Right. Amen. You see, God held back the rain because...
because Elijah prayed that it would not rain. So three and a half years, Elijah controlled the weather there in Israel. You see, after three and a half years, it would make kings a little desperate to try to change the weather or even kill a prophet. So God told Elijah to go and hide yourself, to protect him because they wanted to kill him. Did you ever think, church, that trusting God or being willing to trust the hand of God will actually take you to a place where you can only survive if God provides? Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. So God has Elijah to hide near the brook Kareth down by the Jordan River, as the text tells us. And it goes on to say that God provided safety and sustenance while he was there. Yeah. And so in this story right here is where we meet the ravens. Yeah. So as I studied this, I was left scratching my head at the fact that the ravens actually brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening. Yeah. Because I told you I was on vacation last week. And let me be honest, my body is here with you, but my mind is at the ocean, okay? <laughs> but, but this morning, the morning of my birthday, I thought I would do something that I can't do while I'm in Waco. I decided to take my breakfast and go out on the balcony and sit and watch the ocean and listen as the wind blew the water up to the shore. I was there for about five or ten minutes before I noticed something out of the corner of my eye. I didn't want to break my gaze at the water, so I didn't turn my head. I kept eating and my breakfast. But it seemed to get closer and closer. So when I decided to look up, there were like 115 seagulls coming my way. It wasn't quite 115, but it felt like 115. Just swarming in and gliding in, all just ready to rest at the balcony. Well, I about fell off the balcony at that point, and I got up, ran into the room as fast as my feet could take me. Needless to say, I lost my appetite at that moment, threw my breakfast away, and I decided after a few minutes that I would go back out there and make sure that they were gone so I could continue to enjoy the view. Well, to my surprise, they were still perched there on the roof. They didn't move. But what I realized is it was time for them to eat their breakfast, too. Yeah, so these birds weren't bringing me food like the ravens brought food to Elijah. They expected me to give them food. So that's usually how it works. You know, we feed the birds. The birds don't feed us. Amen. Right. So after reading that these dirty birds called ravens brought food to sustain Elijah while he was hiding, certainly prompted me to feel like this had to be nobody but God. Yeah, yeah. You see, how amazing will God allow the unexpected things to happen to bring about his will? Right. You see, things that look weird and suspicious and not right to us, amen, that's what God is doing, amen. God is doing in those times. You best believe, family, there was a reason that the ravens were bringing food to this prophet. Are you also caught off guard at the fact that God will provide at the brook? <laughs> If we obey him and if we trust him. You see, God has a way of making his purposes come to pass even with some dirty birds and a dry brook. So not only does this text convey that we should trust God, church, but sometimes we struggle to follow the instructions of God. But God wants us to simply trust him. Because when Elijah made it to the brook, his provisions were already there. Yeah. You see, looking at the brook, if God had told right. us to go to the brook and we don't see anything there, we're going to turn around and go back and try to find what it is that we need to help us survive. 
So the second point I want you to catch this morning is don't refuse to go where God wants you to go. Right. It may not be what you're used to. <laughs> it may not be aesthetically pleasing to the eye. <laughs> we don't even get to choose how we're going to get there. But if God says go, go, we just need to go. Yeah. You see, but don't let what it looks like stop you because that's what we do so often times. But you see, I serve a God that will provide for us whenever, <laughs> yeah. wherever, right. and by whatever means necessary. Yeah. Even if it means a dirty rain has to come and bring me my food. God will provide. Yeah. But I'm still curious if anybody in here is wondering why God sent a dirty raven to feed Elijah. Look at me at verse, with me at verse 6, if you will, if you kept your Bible open or your app unlocked. It says, And the raven brought him bread and meat in the morning, and bread and meat in the evening, and he would drink from the brook. You know, ravens don't even like to hang around people. But they brought Elijah food. Yeah. They are not clean. Right. They like roadkill. You know, I was at um, um, Texas Roadhouse on Friday, and I actually ordered roadkill. So, but it's not like what the ravens eat. Oh. <laughs> but the ravens are stingy so much so they don't even like to feed their babies. So, you know, you can kind of imagine this about these birds. Now, I don't know who would want to eat anything that a raven brings them knowing what they eat. Now, who would want that? So, I know you're still wondering, why would God send these ravens to feed Elijah? Was he trying to prove a point? You know, was God trying to, yeah, to, to do something? But isn't it amazing that God can use unclean things yeah. to sustain life? You see, I remind Wesley from time to time that I've been their pastor for some seven years now. And I tell them, if you're looking for a perfect pastor, then keep looking because I'm not one. You see, but this God I serve has a way of putting good words in my dirty mouth to satisfy their souls from Sunday to Sunday. But allow me, church, to confess this morning that I'm just like a raven. I've got issues, too. I have real struggles in my life. You see, I have funny ways, and I don't always make the best choices. Now, I know, I know I've caught most of you by surprise by saying those things about me, but don't hold it against me. I'm still okay, amen? But no matter the raven in me, God can still use me to speak a word to his people. To fill your spirit for your journey, amen? And this morning, God may use, be using me to tell somebody that he says, you've got to go. Amen? Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, this is where we mess up as Christians. Because we believe that God is going to do his work in a certain way. We pray that God is going to do it the way we want to do it in this little box. You see, we want God to do it like A, B, C, and D. That's what we're used to. But God will turn it around and do it in H and I and K and L and M. Then yeah. we get mad at God and God is not moving in our life. We're still asking for somebody to pray for us, but God is working. But we still want a word from the Lord. Amen. You see, people want a God that they can understand. You see, if they can't understand something about it, then they're quick to turn their backs on the very one who can do anything with them. Yeah. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. And your thoughts. Yeah. You see, sometimes people refuse to trust God and his word, just like King Ahab, because they listen to the wrong people. <laughs> you can't say amen to that, say ouch. <laughs> because I know, and you know too, that we listen to the wrong people. Amen. We spend too much time in the world, and we believe it, believe it or not, we listen to our few partner, the very one that comes to church with us every Sunday. We believe what they tell us, amen. You see, somebody told me the other day, you know, the, uh, everybody in church is not a Christian. He said, you got to watch out for that. You see, we, want, we listen to people who plant seeds of doubt, of unnecessary things in our mind. And then we lean towards that because we don't want to do what thus says the Lord. Because it don't look right. <laughs> Or, you know, it's kind of like I, I, I attribute it to, like, losing weight. You see, we don't want to deal with the hunger pains or our muscles hurting after we work out. We don't want to deal with that. We still want to eat everything we want to eat. We still want to go to Texas Roadhouse and eat all those soft biscuits. Amen. Amen. We want gravy when I say. We want all of that and some sweet tea on the side. You see, but we want to lose 15 pounds. Amen. Amen. You see, we want to do what we want to do and expect things to be different. Amen. But inevitably, God, where he leads us, he won't fail. Amen. No matter if it's not what we look like. But our problem is we can't even get to the brook to be in the company of some dirty ravens because we're scared of birds. You see, we don't want to go where God is leading us. But God is saying, just go. Yeah. Just go. So, I ask you again, why would God use dirty ravens to feed Elijah? Couldn't he have just given him a fishing pole and told him, go catch some fish? Wouldn't that have been easier and a little cleaner? So, God had Elijah to move on. So, not only does this text encourage us to trust God's church, and to go where God says to go. But if we keep moving through this text, I get to my third point, and it is, don't worry about what it looks like. Right. You see, Elijah didn't wake up every morning looking at that brook as it was drying up, saying, oh my gosh, only got three gallons of water left. What am I going to do? I need to get to the next brook so I can get me some more water. So I can live, because I can't live without water. So let me try to figure this out. Now, if I only drink one cup of water a day, then maybe I'll have enough, and I don't take a bath, but every other day, then I should have enough water to last me X amount of days. Isn't that what we do? Yes. We try to plan it out, but that's not what Elisha did. You see, you see, when we start to run out of something, we start looking at more ways to fill it back up. As people, as humans, we get on the phone, we get online, look for resources to help us get back on track. Because we need some help at that point, right? But, but I pray that I had your attention at the onset of this message when I told you that there was no rain in the land, right? And there was no rain because Elijah had prayed that there would be no rain. And God was simply answering his prayer. So what I want you to understand is that when we pray, <laughs> even if we pray for restoration, for peace, for healing, for increase, we know that God is going to answer, but it may mean that we got to suffer a little bit before we get to the end. Sometimes we got to suffer, church, to take us out of ourselves, to get us out of our selfish ways, our stubbornness, our want to be right selves all the time. God will 
see why we're hiding. The question is, are you willing to suffer while you wait? Are you willing to go to a dusty, dry brook to hide and to be fed by birds that eat roadkill? Now raise your hand if that sounds like something you want to start today. But church, we will have to go through in order to turn our back to the Lord. When we go through, we get mad at God because we think he's left us. But he's the very one who sent us there <laughs> in the first place. So, so, so what was God doing with Elijah? What is the lesson here, church? What's the lesson, family and friends? What's the lesson, winner, of bringing all the people to church this morning? I know that's on your heart, and I'm glad you asked. You see, God allowed the brook to dry up in the first place to show Elijah that he could provide. God wanted Elijah to know that he was his Jehovah Jireh, that he is his sole provider. Now, family, don't miss this because God also wanted to strengthen Elijah's trust in him. Far too often we trust too many people. We trust other kings. We trust our
the text says that God put Elijah in tough situations so that Elijah would trust God. Yeah, yeah. He wanted him to trust him so that he could send him food to eat by the ravens. You see, if God didn't trust Elijah, then he probably wouldn't have eaten the food that the ravens brought him. Right? Because we know that ravens are dirty birds. But ravens are bringing us food to sustain us, to sustain life so we can live. So if we trust God, then we're going to eat that food that the raven gave us. Right. Because we know it's not going to kill us. It's going to keep us alive so we can do the will of God. Then at the end of the chapter, if you know this text, if you've read this text, you know that God sent him to this widow's house yeah. so that she could feed him and her son and herself so they could all continue to live. Yeah. God provided for them. and she, had, she only had a little bit. They were getting ready to eat and die. Yeah. <laughs> but God sent the delight over to their house yeah. so that food could continue to, to be in, in supply and demand that they could have something to eat. And then you know that that lady's little boy looked like he was dying. He had died and he was dead. And so Elijah took the boy up to his room and yes, stretched out over him. Yes, yeah. And the little boy lived. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. they trusted the word of God. Right, right, right. Whatever you stand in need of, you just trust God. Yeah, right, yeah. Even if you can't see his hand, you still trust him because he's working on your behalf. Because he knows exactly what he needs. Just trust the power of the living Lord. Yeah. There's no telling where we'll go, what he has for us, what he can do in our lives if we just trust him. I believe that he'll open up the windows of heaven and pour us out a blessing that we don't have room enough to receive. God has a blessing with your name on it. He has a blessing, and I want all my blessings. I don't know about you. Every last one of them that got Tina on it, I want to go get it. Amen. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. We can't try to figure him out. 
when you get to the river, don't get discouraged and think that that's all there is. Is this it, God? Because if you watch, the river leads to a bigger body of water. And the river will lead you to the ocean. Just be faithful. And trust God to take you to the deep waters. Because He can take you deeper than you ever Constance. Praise Team Seeger here at One Fellowship Church in Waco, Texas. Thank you for listening. You can learn more about our congregation online at onefellowshipumc.org. You can also like us on Facebook in order to stay up to date with the latest events and activities taking place in our community. Please feel free to share this message and others on social media so that more people can hear about what God is doing here at One Fellowship Church. Thank you and God bless.